Park Hopping Podcast number 100, Jim Corcus. Lots of important things to say. This is not art. Coming up next in our show. This is not media. First, the news. This is not news. Now, welcome back to the show. This is another crappy podcast production. Celebrating over 16 years of posting Disney stuff on the internet and podcasting since August 2005. This is. The Park Hopping Podcast. Hi there, this is Alan from DisneyFans.com, and this is the Park Hopping Podcast. Show number, what the heck, 100. The podcast that proves anyone can have 100 episodes of their own podcast. Welcome back to the Park Hopping Podcast, coming to you live and direct from frigid Des Moines, Iowa, USA. Previously on the Park Hopping Podcast, I tried to avoid actually putting out episode 100, just because I wanted to toy with this guy. Hey, Alan, this is Paul Berry from A Window to the Magic, and I just wanted to call and congratulate you on your 100th episode of the Park Hopping Podcast. I noticed as I started this most recent show that uh, it was number 99. So I figured I would call and offer my consolence, uh, my, my thanks, uh, my, my congratulations to you for 100 podcast. No, wait. 100 episodes of the Park Hopping Podcast. I think there was a little more than that. Wasn't there a time when you weren't numbering them or something? I'm not quite sure. But based on your numbering system, uh, congratulations are in order. Uh, we just hit 200 over at A Window to the Magic and had a big celebration surrounding that. And so I wanted to share a little bit of the love out direction. So, congratulations, sir, and maybe one of these days we'll bump into each other in the parks. I've uh, had some close calls, but uh, maybe one of these days, maybe at the Disneyland 55 celebration next year, we'll have a chance to actually shake hands. I hope so, and I will talk to you soon. Bye! Thank you so much, Paul. You know, that's right. Back for the 50th anniversary in 2005, I'm pretty sure you and I were not more than 50 feet away from each other during one of the rededications. Both of us recording stuff that would eventually be shared on our podcasts. Now, if I ever get another chance to visit Disneyland, you'll have to pull some strings and get me into Club 33. I'm a fool who turned down several chances to eat there back in the late 90s, and I've regretted it ever since. But I digress. And you know, it's probably been so long since you left that voicemail that you're probably beyond 300 episodes by now, but uh, uh, better late than never. <clears throat> Today on the Park Hopping Podcast, a very special treat. Werner Weiss of Yesterland.com will join us with a very special interview with Disney author Jim Corcus. Uh, but first, I wanted to take a minute or two and share some of the things I've been up to since I stopped posting podcast episodes. 2010 was actually the first year I didn't take a Disney trip since 2001. Things have been very busy, money has been tight, and there have been many changes in my professional and personal life. You know, relationships have come and gone, the entire division where I work was shut down and almost 4,000 jobs were eliminated. So far, I've gotten to keep mine. Uh, the marketing group that was sponsoring my Toyota Prius podcast discontinued doing so. But on the bright side, I've stayed fairly busy doing TV and radio commercials. If anyone out there lives near Huntingdon, Tennessee, check out The Farm 100.9 sometime. And uh, listen to the green team in the morning, Bo and Kelly. 
I've done a few jingles for them, and maybe I'll stick some at the end of one of these podcasts sometime. Oh, and, and one last thing. Uh, this past December, I became a father, and I now have a beautiful baby boy. And when he gets a bit older, I, I hope to take him to Disneyland. Until then, I, I think you can understand where all my time and money is going to. But maybe I can find a few moments now and then to put out some occasional podcast episodes. I still have tons of stuff I'd like to share with you all. And speaking of sharing, as I've mentioned many times before, Yesterland.com is one of my all-time favorite unofficial Disney sites. I interviewed the curator of Yesterland, Werner Weiss, a few years ago on this podcast, and I finally got to meet Werner face-to-face when we were both in Florida for the 25th anniversary of Epcot back in 2007. And I got to meet him again last year when he passed through Des Moines on his way back home to Illinois after he'd been uh, spending a few days on a Yesterland-related research trip. So I am here at a hotel just on the west side of Des Moines, and with me is Werner Weiss of Yesterland.com. Hi, it's Werner. Hi, Werner. Why why are you here? I'm doing a research trip through Missouri, and I'm coming back now to my home in the Chicago area through Des Moines. And the trip to Missouri took me to Marceline, where Walt had his boyhood home, and Kansas City, where he had his first work uh, with his own animation business. And uh, this is the second time I've met you in person. The first time was at the... 25th anniversary of Epcot. All right. Well, I've gotten to take a look at some of your uh, photos. You've kind of been giving me a slide presentation here of some of the places you went. So it sounds like you're going to have a bunch of articles dealing with uh, Walt's early years coming up at Yesterland.com. I think so. I'll probably space them out over a couple of months so that I can do other articles in between. Now, if I recall, not too long ago you had done one about uh, where Walt lived in Chicago. Right. That was on uh, on Walt's birthday about uh, a year or two ago. Okay. And so this will kind of be in that type of thing. And, and I am amazed at, at some of the things you've been showing me tonight that I had never even heard about. Do you have any, uh, any hints you want to share with anybody? That there is a Midget Autopia car in Marceline, Missouri, and that Marceline, Missouri was the boyhood home of, boyhood home of Walt Disney. Okay. And this has been fun because as we've been watching the slide presentation... We've been out on the Yesterland site looking up some of the pages and seeing some of the things like the Midget Autopia car when it was at Disneyland and then looking at some of the places where it ended up, which I'd heard about but never actually saw. So, very neat. Anything you want to share with anybody today? There are a lot of good things to see in Missouri, in northern Missouri, and also in Kansas City that I highly recommend. Disney things and not Disney things. Worth the trip, huh? Worth the trip. How, How many days did you spend? My trip was almost a week. Wow. Excellent. And an official Yesterland research mission. That's right. Fantastic. A long way from throwing up that first webpage back in 95, huh? 95. That's the other thing, is that Yesterland will be celebrating 15 years of existence next month in May. Oh, wow. What's the uh, official date? Do you know? Not offhand. <laughs> Excellent. Well, congratulations, and it's good to see you here in Des Moines. Thank you. It's fun to be here. All and right. Good spending some time with you. Yeah. We'll have to catch up again in another couple of years. Okay. Okay, keep in mind that was recorded in early 2010, so adjust the dates accordingly. Sorry, Werner, for taking so long to get this posted. Um, Better late than never?
Since that recording was made, a series of articles has been posted covering Werner's trip through Marcellin, Missouri, where Walt Disney lived as a child. There are some phenomenal articles, and I encourage everyone to drop by Yesterland.com and check them out. You can find a special section on his main page called Missouri Land, which has links to all these articles on Marcellin, uh, Walt Disney Elementary, the potential return of Walt's Midget Autopia ride, and a fun one covering tributes to Marcellin that you can find inside Disneyland in California. While you're there, also check out the article on Walt Disney in Chicago, which shows the house Walt Disney was born in and what it's being used for today. It's very interesting stuff. But before you run off and uh, check out the site, uh, I'd like to share one more thing with you that Werner was kind enough to share with me. It's a special audio interview. This is Werner Weiss from Yesterland.com, and I'm talking with Jim Corcus, author of The Vault of Walt, columnist for Mouse Planet, and uh, author of various other books, but the one we're going to talk about today with Jim is The Vault of Walt, because it's your newest, latest, greatest book. Well, thank you, Warner, for um, inviting me to, to drop by today. It's always a, a pleasure. Uh, as you know, The Vault of Walt came out uh, the end of uh, September, and I've just been very pleased by the uh, reaction, not just from the Disney community, uh, but from uh, uh, others as well. Uh, that they feel what an outstanding value, 460 pages for only 20 bucks, and that there's such a variety of uh, material, that there's 10 chapters devoted just to Walt Disney and, and 10 to uh, the parks and uh, 10 to the films and, and 10 miscellaneous. So there seems to be something for everybody. It's, it's like a box of chocolates. You, you never know whether you're going to get a coconut or a nut or a, or a jelly there. Well, I'm glad you're giving our listeners a chance to uh, understand what is in the book, because from the vault of Walt, they might think it's an article about, a, a book about where Walt Disney <laughs> kept his money <laughs> and his jewels or whatever else. But in fact, how did you come up with the name, the vault of Walt? Well, uh, uh, of course, you, you want to get a title that uh, is suggestive of Disney without using the name Disney it, itself. And uh, the vault seemed... Um, uh, very natural because uh, these were a lot of stories that had been locked away and, and never brought out. And so I'm really opening up uh, a vault and reaching back deep into it and pulling out some of these stories and dusting them off, some of them that haven't been told since they first appeared, sometimes decades ago. I've got, I, have, I have a copy of the book in front of us here. Uh, should I open it up to a random page? This, this is, by the way, this is not something we planned ahead of time. No, it, it, it isn't. Please, and, uh, uh, be a guest. And what be we'll do guest. is we'll see what this chapter is about, and we won't have you read the chapter, but we'll just have you talk about maybe what that chapter is about and why you included it in the book. And I'm going to open it somewhere or about two-thirds of the way back. I, I would love to do this because, like most uh, authors, I'm, I'm in love with the sound of my own voice. So uh, whatever you pull out there, I'm, I'm sure I'll have uh, something to say. What, what, what have you hit? I hit Tom Sawyer Island. Tom Sawyer Island. Uh, and, and again, that was uh, uh, one of Walt's favorite locations at, at Disneyland. He literally designed the uh, physical outline of the island. He picked the names for the, the locations. And uh, he wanted a place where kids could come and uh, do it for free because when Disneyland opened everything had uh, individual tickets but Tom Sawyer's Island 
you could uh, play on that for free and uh, hide and discover treasure and pretend to be pirates. Uh, basically all the things that uh, Walt uh, loved to do as uh, a young boy, so that was uh, uh, recreated. What a lot of people don't realize, and that's included in the book there, is that at the dedication uh, they brought um, earth from uh, uh, Missouri and they buried it there, right there at the landing, and they poured uh, uh, water from uh, Missouri into the uh, uh, rivers of America there, so uh, it was officially designated a part of Missouri. So Tom Sawyer's Island uh, apparently is not in Anaheim, California, but is part of uh, uh, Missouri. And of course, Walt always claimed that uh, he had read uh, every single Mark Twain book that was, was available. Thank you. So I could do that, keep going through the whole book, and then uh, I don't think that would be but, 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 it, but if you did that, there'd be no reason for these listeners to go to uh, Amazon.com and uh, purchase a copy for themselves, because we want to sell as many books as possible, because I've got enough stories for another two or three books, but people are going to have to vote with their wallets if they want to hear those stories by, by buying this one which makes a great Christmas gift, makes a great uh, gift for friends, and because it's so thick and heavy there, it makes a great doorstop, and uh, if it's thrown with enough velocity, you can uh, uh, prevent uh, home invaders and zombie attacks. So this is a good investment. Very good. Well, thank you so much, Jim, for talking about the book. Uh, it is available at Amazon.com. One way to get there is to go to the Yesterland Bookstore or the Yesterland Review of this book, where you can mm -hmm. also uh, learn a little bit more about it. There are actually two articles at Yesterland about this book. I've enjoyed it very much, and I think that anybody who's listening to this podcast will enjoy it too. And Diane Disney loves it as well. In fact, so much so that she wrote the foreword for the book, and she doesn't write a lot of forewords for a lot of books. Very good. <laughs> Well, I can see why that why she made an exception for you, Jim. Thank you very much, Werner. Thank you. And thank you very much, Werner, for sharing that interview with us. And a big thanks to Jim Corcus for taking the time to be interviewed in the first place. I am very glad we have folks out there taking time to preserve Disney history through books, websites, documentaries, photos, whatever. Uh, and you know what? Speaking of photos... The next time you're at a Disney theme park, yeah, that's right, the show's over, be sure to take an extra picture, shoot some extra video, because you really never know when something you like, love, or hate is going to go away and never be around again. So on that note, I think that'll do it for me this time, so be sure to visit DisneyFans.com, where you can browse around 76,000 digital pictures I've taken at Disneyland, Disney World, and other theme parks across the country, as well as dozens of downloadable video files from the Disney parks, and also go to Yesterland.com and buy the Vault of Walt book via his Amazon affiliate link. Now, if you want to drop me a note, my email address is podcast at DisneyFans.com, or you can leave me a voicemail message at 515-999-0227. This has been the Park Hopping Podcast, show number 100, Jim Corcus. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Werner. Thanks, Jim. Another crappy podcast production. Be sure to visit anothercrappypodcast.com to learn more about this and other equally exciting <sighs> podcasts. Mm. And now.
now, for those of you sticking around, I'll put in a couple of the jingles that I did for some of these radio guys at the end of this podcast so you can see where I've been spending my time instead of putting out car copying podcast episodes. Of course, if you're not interested in that, probably be a good time just to hit fast forward or skip to the next round. With us, 100.9 The Farm. All right, good morning. It's 8.13 with Kelly and Bo, the green team. Hit that jingle, please. From different strokes to silver spoons, it's time to play TV tunes. Listen close to the theme, mash, cheers, or the A-team. Just pick up your phone and dial away. It's TV tunes and it's time to play. All right, you know how the game works. Going to play you a little snippet of a theme from an old TV show. You name the show, you win the prize this morning. Yeah. And the prize is a good one. 100.9 The Farm. It's 845. Hit that jingle, please. Here's a story from a girl named Lori. She works right here at the Dixie PAC. Now she joins us to give out tickets. They're absolutely free. Now listen close to Lori's little story. Is she lying now or telling you the truth? Guess correctly, you just might be a winner. If you're a truthful story sleuth. Let's bring in our contestant, Doris, over in Camden. Doris, good morning. How are you? True Country 100.9 The Farm, 738 with the green team. Hit that jingle, please. Toby Keith, song titles are so cliché. Because he doesn't have much to say So let's play a little game To win his CD It's called Toby or not Toby Toby or not Toby Toby or not Toby <laughs> Alright, let's play the game It's called Toby or not Toby We'll give if you a chance to win not pumping the water run through It's time to call Robbie to the rescue If your lines need a flushing What should you do? You better call Robbie to the rescue. Install a septic tank and a filled line too. It's time to call Robbie to the rescue. If your husband tried to fix it but he doesn't have a clue. It's time to call Robbie to the rescue. He's a licensed plumber and the one for you. His name is Robbie to the rescue. The next time this happens to you. Fender Bender. Dial 986-4424. Take your family there, the Nebraska Renaissance Fair. The 8th Annual Nebraska Renaissance Fair is this weekend at the Bellevue Berrien Pumpkin Ranch in Papillion. A full day of live entertainment for less than a movie and popcorn. A family of four gets in for just $25, plus unique shopping, food, and drink at our new festival theme park. This weekend at the Bellevue Berrien Pumpkin Ranch, where a full day of family fun doesn't have to cost an arm and a turkey leg. Visit BellevueBerryFarm.com. The Nebraska Renaissance Fair. Knights and heroes. Scots and Irish. Pirates and buccaneers. Want a meaningful family entertainment experience? Yar! September brings us the Des Moines Renaissance Fair at Central Iowa's ever-expanding theme park, hiding beyond the Troll Bridge at Sleepy Hollow Sports Park. You don't say! Affordable fun for all ages, the first three weekends of September, each with a different festival theme. Three festivals in one! Immerse yourself in history and eat some great food, too. Huzzah! Learn more at dmrenfair.com.